As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. Hope all is well on your side of the world and the week has certainly been good to you. On this side of the world, all is pretty good. You know, at the institution, we're preparing for our annual spring break and I'll be going away preparing for different uh, classes that I'll be teaching in the second half of the term. And it's my plan to pre-record a few episodes so to not have an interruption in our broadcast schedule. You know, when it comes to planning, Planning is pretty much the aspect and the standard in higher education, as I would imagine it is in most industries. Once we're in the mode of one semester, once we're in the mode of one teaching mini semester, we're always already turning around and getting ready for the next season, for the next semester. For And we do the same thing with the podcast. Once we're doing a, a season, we record the season, we're planning for the next season, see what it is that we want to do. But like I said, in many other industries, we're all doing the same thing. Right now, I'm in the midst of transitioning from one part-time job to another at the airport. I will say, (laughs) you know, I love working at the airport, but certainly if you want to know how the human psyche works under pressure, uncomfortable situations, or hurried or rushed environments, just sit back at the airport and watch how things go and how impatient people could be. I will say this, if there's anything I've learned through working there and observation is that as a society here in the United States of America, we're just not a patient people. <laughs> you know, we're not patient with processes. We're not patient with rules. And most importantly, we're just not patient with one another. In the United States of America, I can tell you this and, and let you in on a secret. You could easily make money in this country if you offer someone a product or a service that is fast and readily, and readily available. When things are convenient and one's patience is not tested, then you'll make so much money, so much money you would think you are printing the money yourself. This is why Uber is so successful. And even a better example, this is why Amazon Prime is successful. I'm sure there are products right now you could order on Amazon Prime, and depending on where you live or or the product you selected, it would probably be delivered to your home by the time this podcast episode has concluded. I like to think, for the most part, that I'm a patient person, but even me, I get to a place where my patient reaches the point of exhaustion. It especially happens to me when I'm driving. Now, I'm not a road rager, but the pet peeve I have is when I'm at a stoplight and someone's in front of me and they're mesmerized by whatever is it, whatever it is on their cell phone or their radio, whatever the case may be. They're just distracted and they're just not moving when the green light is on. I like to think when I count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, 
three Mississippi. Before I get to the fourth Mississippi, I, I'm definitely blaring my car horn, imploring them to move. But I, but I got to be honest with you. If I'm being honest with myself, in reality, somewhere between the one and a half Mississippi and the two and a half Mississippi, I'm already blowing my horn. <laughs> I need that car to move. I need to get to where I'm going. You know, the second time where I feel my patience is always ready to go out the door is when I'm hungry. If I, if, if I go to a sports bar with one of my friends, one of my friends, you know, usually I'll go to is to go to a sports bar. He will religiously flirt with the waitresses. When I get there, well, when, when he gets there, he does that. But that's fine. I don't see nothing wrong with that. But only when it's in the way of getting in, in front of my food, I see something wrong with that. I went through that one time with him, and, and I went from being hungry to becoming hangry. And then it, it was like, oh, by the time I got the food, stomach hurting, you know, it, it, it's all the physiological stress and getting upset or getting impatient. So the next time he went to that, to a different sports bar, before his Mac Daddy flirtation started kicking in, I interrupted the process immediately. And I requested the waitress to make sure she took our orders, put the orders in with the kitchen. And if she wanted to, she could come back and flirt with my friend all she wants. I did not care if the flirting was taking place even while my stomach was growling, as long as I knew that my food was on the way. <laughs> Another funny impatient story, or, or maybe not so funny what happened, but funny when I look back on it. Yesterday, a former supervisor of mine, who I, who I had not spoken to in months, and really had no interest in speaking with them, reached out to me to ask for assistance in regards to job duties or access to a, access to a report to assist the person who replaced me in my old job. My immediate internal reaction was to be upset and, I, and, and asked myself, what kind of nerve did they have seeking me for assistance? You know, we haven't spoken all these months. Let's keep that going. We don't have to keep talking. You know, but nevertheless, you know, I wanted to be a professional and wanted to assist, but I legitimately did not have access to the information they were seeking. But then the individual shared with me at that, at, that they had the information they were requesting from me. So it was a little strange. At that moment, I was tempted to blow up and say, then, then why are you on my phone? Why are you asking me for the information anyway? You know, that's time in my life I cannot get back. But before I reacted, I took a deep breath. And after they said they had the information they were apparently asking for, I just said, perfect. You got it. And I wish them the best of luck. I, don't have pa I definitely don't have patience for this individual at all. Because in the past, they've lied to me while I was employed by them. And certainly, if, if someone wants to be sure for me not to have time for them whatsoever or don't want to sit there and be associated with them, then lie to me. Violate your trust with me. And don't be a person of your word. Then I'm absolutely through with you if, if that, all that happens. In that respect, I could definitely say I have no patience at all. My patience was also tested in this scenario. This scenario brings me to the situation in which I've been trying to have impact windows, hurricane impact windows installed in my condominium. Last year, and I literally mean last year, in February 2022, I placed the order with, with the broker who's a friend of mine. And after speaking with him about the windows and going through the order process and things of that nature, I was hesitant, not because of the value that impact windows would add to my place of living, but it is a hefty expense. Those of you who know who have, who have installed impact windows, and when I was trying to get options about financing and things of that nature, he really wasn't giving me many options for financing. It was basically, you know, have the cash ready in the intervals that they need to be ready and, and, and what I needed to do for the general contractor. Now, 
this is where I hate, hate the characteristics of salespeople who put pressure on you by putting a time frame on the situation at hand, a level of urgency to artificially move the sale along. And I certainly let my friend know that he was about that and I wasn't feeling that at all. Nevertheless, what I learned about him is that when he gets into the sales mode, he's pretty tunnel vision in that respect. And, you know, I respect it. I guess that's okay. That's just how he's built and I just have to accept that. But I made sure I made my feelings be known. But eventually I made the deposit and we signed the agreement and I'm told that due to supply chain issues, et cetera, and things of that nature, it wouldn't be until May or June of 2022 when I would have the installation completed and the job would be done. Needless to say, May and June came and went. Hurricane season in the summer came and went. Geez, 2022 came and went. And there was no installation for my impact windows. I was told earlier this month that the windows would be installed by the end of the month. Specifically next week, the last week of February. And I had reached, and at that point, I just reached my level of intolerance. And my communication with the broker completely degenerated to the level that we really had a, a true shouting match between the two of us and even resulted in me hanging up the phone on him. And if anybody knows me, my pet peeve is I do not like being having the phone hung up on me. So you could imagine how upset I was that I got to the point where I said I had nothing left to say. He wasn't being empathetic. He wasn't understanding my side of me having put my investment and having skin in the game. I just hung up the phone. But after cooler heads prevailed, I reached out to try to salvage the deal to him and the general contractor. Now, there's still some hiccups taking place, and it looks like we're in a good place to get the deal done. And I'm faithful that the impact windows will be installed. But my patience was, had definitely been tested, and our friendship now is in a very fragile place. But I'll keep you updated on the impact window saga. Now, the last two stories I'll share with you is from working part-time at the airport. Now, I've been working part-time at the airport since 2021. And, I, and, and I, I've worked for a major commercial airline, which I no longer work for, and currently I'm working for a major car rental retailer with the, that I'll be transitioning from. When I was working at the airline, the biggest disputes we would always have with customers would be about bag fees, etc., things of that nature. So one day I had a customer who was flying to Louisville, Kentucky. And when I shared with her the cost of her carry-on bag, she went absolutely ballistic and said that was the last bit of money she had and she needed it for a cab upon her arrival to Louisville. She was coming from a family funeral, things of that nature. I was completely sympathetic, but, she, but I still had to charge her for the carry-on bag. It was way too big to be considered like what would be a purse or a personal item. So when she saw that, you know, listen, you got to pay the fee, she demanded to see a supervisor. The supervisor eventually came over. Now, I say eventually because those of you who have worked for major airline, commercial airlines know that the supervisors will try to wait the customers out, even if you request them. And why is that? The supervisors know that customers eventually have to catch that flight and do not have all the time in the world to argue. You know, they, they know that, so they figure they're just going to wait them out. The customer went back and forth with the supervisor, and eventually the customer relented and eventually and, 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 and eventually paid the bag fee. Now, why was that? Because she saw the clock was working against her. She knew that her flight had to leave, and she had to make a decision. And since we don't fly to Louisville every day, she knew our next flight to Louisville was in three days. So she pays the money, and even though she was, you know, 
upset with me. I don't say upset with me. She was upset at the situation. I didn't take it personally. I volunteered to expedite her to the front of the line so she could get through the TSA, you know, expeditiously. Now, unfortunately for her bad luck, her bag was randomly selected for a hand inspection. And if anybody's gone through the airport and you've been selected for a hand inspection, you know it takes some time because they practically empty out your bag and look through it, ran, look through it from, from, from head to toe. So while she was going through that, I told her just to meet me at the gate. This is where her gate was. And then I ran to the gate to try to hold her flight. Now, by the time I got to the gate, the aircraft doors had already closed and been locked. Just so you know, an aircraft, an airline, an aircraft is not like a car. Once those doors are locked, they are locked. And that's it. They're, they're pulling out of the gate. I walk back, and when I see the woman running down the terminal, I had to break the news to her that her flight had left. At that moment, she, she just fell to the ground and burst into tears. Now, imagine this. Imagine this scene. I'm this big dude standing there in uniform with a five foot three woman crying and pleading at my feet, just crying. I was patient enough to let her cry it out. I understood where she was coming from. Despite the dirty looks I received from other passengers walking up and down the terminal, you know, I, I was like, she had to let it out. I couldn't really do anything. I had to let her kind of get that process out. But I'm sure in the midst of her crying, she was regretting her impatience with the processes and regretting trying to claim ignorance to the bag fees that are charged by the airline. Now, the last story is a short one. You know, at the car rental at the car rental retailer that I work at, we usually, for the convenience of customers, we leave keys in the car and have their names posted on the wall so customers can immediately go to their car and be processed to the exit gate. And that's presuming if they have no adjustments to make to their reservation. Now, at inter intermittently, customers' names will disappear off the wall. Customers, um, when they use the app, they think that they'll automatically go on the wall. The technology, unfortunately, doesn't work that way. But the, the, the names might disappear off the wall if the flight is excessively late, which means they would have to stand in line to be assisted because, you know, the type of car that they rented might not be available. You know, we're looking at the, at, the, at the balance and things of that nature. It's not the customer's fault. It's just, you know, that's the way it is. And depending on the day of the week or if it's a special event weekend or holiday weekend, down here in South Florida, that line could be long. Last week, was long, last week the lines were long almost every day because it was the Miami Boat Show was in town, it was President's Day weekend, and folks would even fly down to Fort Lauderdale in order to drive up to Daytona for the Daytona 500, because it's cheaper to fly to Fort Lauderdale than they drive up to Daytona Beach. So if a customer, if a customer had to go back inside, or so if a customer went out and said, okay, well, this is my, these are my keys, and they had to go back inside either to go back in line, or sometimes they would find that the keys were stolen from the car. Now, the keys being stolen from the car sometimes is, a, is an occurrence that happens a lot. And that's due to the keys being in the car because that's a byproduct of what I was trying to say about optimizing convenience and speaking to folks in patience. So if the keys are in the car, you take the risk that some people try to steal them and try to uh, re replicate the fobs in order to sell them on the black market. That happens all the time. Then the customer's further delayed. Now, I'm not saying that a customer in that instance, or one has, or or even sometimes if, if I was in that instance, I'm not saying that you have to have the patience of Job, but wow, some of these customers resort to the first dynamic, the first instinct, and that is completely to curse you out or curse around you. Now, I'm a big dude. They don't usually curse to me. They usually kind of just curse around me and say, it's not you, um, but in a lot of cases, kind of directed towards you because you're the messenger for the, for the company. You're the representative of the company, so it is kind of directed towards you. Now, especially at the airport, 
or any other scenario. You know, it could be impact windows. It could be dealing with a colleague whom you dislike. You know, really, if we let our patients get the best of us, ultimately, we don't get any closer to what we want. You know, even when I'm blaring a horn, it doesn't make them move faster. It may make may wake them up, but, you know, it doesn't get me quicker to what I wanted to do. A lot of times, we just continue to stay stuck where we are. Now, we live in a world that promotes more impatience than patience. That's just the truth. However, being patient is important to get us to where we want to be in the reentry journey and really life overall. The Cleveland Clinic shares seven tips on how we could practice our patience, and these tips are as follows. Number one, proactive mindfulness. In the present moment, notice your breath. Ease into the awareness of your breath. Calm your heart rate down. You know, like they say, woosah. As I indicated when I was dealing with my former supervisor, I just took a, took a, took a deep breath. You know, practice accepting your, two, practice accepting your current circumstances. This could be being stuck in traffic, of course, waiting for those impact windows, trying to navigate through the airport. It doesn't mean you should try, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try to change what's going on, but it does mean accepting your experience in the moment for what it is, even if it's unpleasant. Number three, actively build a tolerance for being a bit uncomfortable. You don't have to act on every impulse to exercise impatience in every situation. Most of the time, it's really a temporary feeling of discomfort, and, it's, and it, a lot of times it just passes. You know, when you're feeling rushed, when you're feeling rushed out, out the door, consciously so, slow down. I tell that to customers all the time. Because of the airport, you could leave stuff at TSA. I've done it. You could leave stuff in your rental car. You know, so when you're feeling rushed, constantly slow down and give yourself that more time. Number five, be playful. Sometimes take yourself a little less seriously. Sometimes you got to look for the humor in the moment. Number six, let the situation feel broken. No matter what is going on, resist the urge to immediately fix everything. Sometimes you have to let things play themselves out, as a solution might just transpire right in front of you if you give it some time. And last, number seven, practice being a good listener. Listen carefully to what family members, friends, or people that you have in conversations with are saying. Try to focus more on the understanding, like in the seven habits of highly effective people, seek to, seek to understand rather than to be understood. And, you know, seek to understand rather than formulating your own response. Being patient is something we, are, we have to come intentionally to do every single day in every situation. It's not easy. I get it. I'm there with you. And I make that commitment every day to come, to come, to come with my patients and be intentional in coming with my patients. Thank you as always. Always, always, I love sharing time with sharing time with you, and I really appreciate that you share your time with me. It's appreciated and always welcome, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.